And welcome back to another episode of the Total Sports Live podcast. This is Jovan Alford, and I'll be joined shortly by Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw to recap what was a, I don't even know how to explain it, but what was a horrible, horrific, atrocious, and albatross of a defeat on Monday Night Football to the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles lost 41 to 21. We're going to talk about that. What happened? Why did it happen? Can they fix it going into next week? We'll break it all down. However, before we do that, make sure you are following us on Twitter at Total Sports Live and also checking out the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, pretty much anywhere you can get your podcast, folks. Check out the TSO podcast. Hit that download button. Hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends and family to check out the pod um, as we try to bring you um, bring you all sports fans, Eagles fans, Sixers fans, whatever fans, sports fans you are. We try to bring you quality content every time around. And also, don't forget to make sure to check out TotalSportsLive.com. Got a new story on the website this week at Delaware Blue Coats uh, named their new head coach and Kobe Carl. Um the Delaware Blue Coast season begins in November, so you already know we're going to have it locked there on totalsportslive.com. So make sure you check that story out right now on the website. But before you know, we jump into this game, you already know who I got to bring on the podcast with me. None other than my guys themselves, Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw of WGLS Radio, host of All Sides and co-host one of two on the early bird special, which you can check out on Monday mornings for all you people that's up early, unlike me, on a WGLS radio. Fellas, how are you doing? We're back again. We we didn't record last week, but maybe that was a good thing because we come back this week and we're talking about a disastrous loss by the Philadelphia Eagles. Fellas, what's going on, man? Great to be with you guys. Not great to watch that football game on Monday night. Uh, it was ugly. Obviously, a lot to get into, a lot to break down, so looking forward to it. Most definitely agree with Harrison. Great to be back on the Total Sports Live podcast with you, Jovan, and Harrison once again. Man, that was a brutal game on uh, Monday night against the Cowboys. The Eagles, uh, it seemed like they really couldn't do anything right offensively or defensively. So we'll break it down a little bit. Uh, and then heading into this week, they got another tough matchup. So it's uh, going to be a lot of fun uh, to talk uh, some Eagles football with you guys. Yeah, it seems like the honeymoon phase with um, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts is slowly going out the window. Um, and then it didn't get better in week two as they lost to the Niners, but they were looking to bounce back in in, uh, in prime time against the Dallas Cowboys. Their hated NFC East rival, but it was not to be the case as we talked about off air this team. And as we talked about in the group chat, this team looked completely overmatched in the offense led by head coach Nick Sirianni failed. I mean, failed. To make, an, a, to make a considerable attempt to run the football. You look at the stats from this game. Jalen Hurts, 25 of 39 for 326 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, one which was a um a pick six, and he also carried the ball for 35 yards. Miles Sanders with a very auspicious stat line himself, two carries for 27 yards, three receptions for 28 yards. Jalen Rager was the team leading receiver with five catches for 53 yards. And then on the defensive side of the ball, it was the Javon Hargrave show once again in his second year with the Eagles, six tackles, two sacks, and a tackle uh, for a loss. But it was a bad game all, all around, fellas. I don't even want to look at the Cowboys stats because I just know Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott, torched the Eagles, had their way with the Eagles, even defensively, Michael Parsons, and that rest of that defense just had their way uh, with the young um, Eagles. But, you know, what were just some of your guys, you know, takeaways from that just horrible performance on national TV, starting with you, Nick? What 
stood out to you because there was a lot from this game where it was just mind-boggling to see a team with a rookie head coach. I mean, we've seen other teams, the rookie head coaches this season look bad, but I mean, geez Louise, on national TV, you can't come out and play the way that you play and then do the things that you do and expect the fans to still have confidence in your abilities to lead this football team. Yeah, no, there was a lot that went wrong on, on Monday night against the Cowboys. I, I want to first start with, with the play calling. It was troublesome uh, to see offensively and defensively. I'll start offensively, uh, only running the ball uh, three times, three uh, run, running plays to your running backs. That that just can't happen uh, you know, with Miles Sanders and Ke- Kenneth Gainwell. you got to get Miles Sanders more involved. Uh, you know, you're, you're setting up your team for disaster. Uh, you know, we saw Jalen. Hurts throw two picks. You have to. St- it starts in the trenches on the ground, and you know they 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 have to get Miles Sanders more involved. I want to see a lot of these backs get more involved. I mean, we've seen with, with Miles Sanders. He since 2019, he he's third. He has the third best yards per rush, uh, you know, average with 4.9 yards per carry. I mean that mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. I mean that you got to get him involved. Uh, we saw it last year with uh, with uh, Doug Peterson. He did, he underutilized Miles Sanders, and it just continues under the new uh, uh, head coach Nick Sirianni. So uh, they have to get these running backs more involved, especially Miles Sanders. I mean, he's just kind of sitting back there, not really being used. They didn't really get him in the passing game either. Only four targets, three receptions for him. So I want to see them get uh, the running backs more involved, especially especially uh, Miles Sanders. Also, get Kenneth Gainwell. I really liked how the Eagles use Kenneth Gainwell. In week one against Atlanta, utilize him in, in certain spots. I, I want to see him get more involved. And Boston Scott's just disappeared at this point. So I think offensively, you, you want to get your backs more involved, run the football. It's going to open up things uh, and p- for play action. You don't want to have Jalen Hurts, you know, running the ball all the time uh, when, when he has to take off. So, you know, get, get them more involved. And defensively, I didn't see any adjustments made uh, throughout mm-hmm. the game. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard each had each averaged 5.5 yards per carry. Uh, on their runs in that game so i mean it was just it was big chunk after big chunk as well and ezekiel elliott had a total of 63 rush yards after contact uh got to make better uh, tackles on the defensive side of the ball as well so i I think overall for me it it was the play calling a lot of it has to do with the coaching staff they have to clean up the penalties as well so you know going going forward i mean hopefully it's it's a young it's a young team with a young coaching staff uh hopefully they they'll, they'll take a good long look at the film from last week and uh, against the San Francisco uh, film as well, because uh, they, they have some things they need to clean up. A, a lot of things they got to clean up, and they're going to face a team this week on Sunday in the Kansas City Chiefs who they will make you pay for those mistakes, right? And we saw the Cowboys make the Eagles pay for their mistakes um, in this game. And I think I saw there was a stat on Daily, on uh, now I'm about to say Daily News Live. Here I go, I'm about to date myself. But <laughs> I saw a stat on Eagles Post Game Live where uh, Ray Didiger pointed out, you know, the Cowboys and when the Eagles and Cowboys meet up, you know, in their last nine games, you know, when Zeke Elliott rushes for over 90 yards, they're 7-0. and When he's held under, they are 0-2. And, and we saw the Cowboys make a concerted effort to run the ball to open up the passing game, which it did. Instead, we saw on the flip side, the Eagles were trying to run, uh, tried to throw the ball a lot of times uh, against, a, against a Cowboys team that was missing a lot of players and missing a lot of weapons. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, the defensive line, um, the defensive line in particular. And one thing I here's a quote from um, from Sunday night's game, uh, fellas, and, you know, get right to Harrison right after this um, from Sunday night's game. Nick Sirianni 
felt that, you know, he said after the game, you know, he braced, he said that he felt like his team needed to for him to win or keep pace. They had to toss the ball around. Sirianni said, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, we wanted to make sure we were able to keep up with them. We knew they were an explosive offense. We wanted to be able to push the ball down the field to hit some underneath zones that we saw while obviously mixing up the running run game in there and the screen game. You fall behind a little bit. You have to get off that game plan a little bit. We had to score with this team because we knew they were able to quickly they were able to score and score quickly. Let me tell you something, Nick Sirianni. I'm not a football coach. None of us are football coaches. Only only football coach. I'm a football coach on Madden. Let me just tell you that. But just from my experiences watching football, and we all know this, there's no – you cannot win football games going shot for shot like this is a Big 12 conference game. It's just not going to work in the NFL, especially when you could have attacked – and if you wanted to do certain things like push the ball down the field and hit the underneath zones, the only way that opens up is the run game. The screen game is only going to work, and this is common sense. The screen game is only going to work if there is, you know, if there, if 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 there, if you're actually committing to the run. The run opens up so many things. We saw the Cowboys do that. The Cowboys were able to run the ball consistently with Tony Pollard, with Ezekiel Elliott, and that opened up things in the intermediate parts of the field to where they were getting the ball to really was Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin just really eat, killing the Eagles inside the red zone and really opening plays up. And the Cowboys didn't really take even take a lot of deep shots in that game. They really made a concerted effort to run the ball and it really hurt the Eagles. And the Eagles, on the other hand, on the Cowboys team that was missing a lot of players, especially on the defensive line, starting with Demarcus Lawrence, they failed um, to to use their best running back that they've had in the last couple of seasons, and it's just it's just very just very difficult because this was the same issue that we saw the previous week against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, if I'm not mistaken. But I digress. What about you, Harrison? Um, what were just some of your takeaways from uh, from from Monday night's just horrific just loss? Yeah, Jovan. I mean, I think that going back to one of the things you said where. Sirianni mentioned in the press conference that he felt like they had to go shot for shot with that offense and put up a lot of points. A really good way to neutralize an explosive offense that scores a lot of points is to keep them off the field. Right. To have possession of the ball, to control the football, to you know have sustained drives, to not turn the ball over, to not put the football back into Dak Prescott and that offense's hands. Yeah. And that's something the Eagles didn't really do. You know That, that first drive of the game, unfortunately, Jalen underthrows the deep route. It gets picked off. You know, obviously they're able to get the defensive touchdown, but after that, man, I mean, the Cowboys were able to sustain some drives, to really put some things together, to drive the field, and the Eagles weren't able to do that all night, you know? I thought that Jalen had an okay day. I definitely don't think it was his best day, but I also think that it's crazy to say that he had a bad day, all things considered. I think that when you hand the ball to your running backs three times, you know, and I get it, RPOs are a factor. You know, Sirianni didn't just call three run plays, but... At the end of the game, you know, that stat sheet and on the film, there's three times where the running backs get the ball on a handoff. You know, for right. your second-year quarterback, I mean, eighth game, seventh game, whatever it was for him in his career, second primetime game, to put him under that much pressure, you know, to put him under that much of, like, a Superman role where he has to really just be the offense. Like, if, if the offense is going to do anything, it has to go through Jalen's hands. I mean, I, I don't think that was the, the way to go. Um Look, I get it. You know, Dallas does have a good offense. They're going to score points. I mean, it's been proven. At the same time, they only scored 20 points against the Chargers the week before. So there's different ways to go about it. There's different ways to do things. Um, I thought that Sirianni and company got out coached. Um, I would add Jonathan Gannon onto that list as well. I just, I didn't like the the game plan on either side of the ball. I felt like the defense really, I mean, you know, I, I get it. 
they're going to live with the zone this year, and I don't hate it. You know, I mm-hmm. think that it's a it, it's something that that can work in the NFL. I mean, we've seen that with teams like the Seahawks and stuff like that. But I mean, Dallas just had so I mean, running the ball, Zeke was able to just get like nine yards of carry. It felt like throwing the ball. The middle of the field was wide open all game. C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz. I mean, these guys are making plays. So it, it was definitely a discouraging game. It was definitely a disappointing game. You know, the 49ers game was one thing. Um, they didn't look great in that game either. But 17 to 11 against a, a you know a competent, solid San Francisco team. It wasn't the end of the world. I think that just in general, you know, Eagles fans and Eagles media kind of have to temper some expectations this year. It's a young team with a first-year head coach. I mean, it's a it's a very new program, you know, in terms of the football side of things. Um, and I just think that in general, you know, Jalen. I'm, I'm excited to see him continue to grow throughout this year. You know, I, I think that Jalen is the answer at quarterback. I don't think they need to look elsewhere um, to find their starting quarterback, to find their franchise quarterback. They've got him on the rookie deal for three more seasons as well. You know, so I think they could really try to build him up, build him to be the franchise quarterback and, and see where it goes from there. The offensive line is going to be, you know, interesting moving forward. But I, I will say, you know, Howie Roseman and company have done a really good job building depth on that yep. offensive line. Andre Dillard had a good game against the Cowboys, and a lot of people really were out on him after he he lost to Jordan, you know, for mm-hmm. the starting left tackle spot. But, I mean, Dillard's a, a second, third-year player. He's still a young guy in this league with a lot of upside. I mean, it, he's, he's, you know, seen some time in the NFL too now. You know, he's not a rookie. He's a guy who's got some experience and can step in a position like that. So right. I, I'm definitely glad to have him around. Um, we talked about this a little bit before the show. I think Nick mentioned it. Uh, Landon Dickerson didn't have a great you know, NFL debut as a starter. But again, he's young. He's coming off an injury. Let him develop for the year with with Isaac Allen on IR now. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the one thing the Eagles do have going for them. Obviously, they're dealing with some injuries, but that is the deepest position, position on their roster, probably outside of the defensive line. So discouraging game, really tough game coming up against the Chiefs. Again, you know, kind of got to temper expectations with Patrick Mahomes and company coming to town, but definitely a disappointing loss. For, uh, like you said, very disappointing loss, and I'm and I'm and I'm glad you mentioned the fact that you brought up that you know, like you said, like Eagles fans, Eagles media, they have to realize that this is a first year program with a first year head coach, and with a first year quarterback. Technically, you know, Jalen Hurts played for started in four games last season, but that's just last season. That's not a complete season. A complete season, as we know, right, fellas, is 16, 17 games, right? So this is technically still his rookie year still his first year and i find it mind-boggling and i wanted to get your guys thoughts on this you know we talk about it you know frequently through the group chat we you know we we see the tweets on social media pretty sure we all talk to our friends you know outside the group chat about about this about the eagles about jalen Hurts specifically but what are you how do you guys you know feel about hurts at this point at this stage in his career because i'm i think we're all on the same page in that you gotta give Hurts time to develop. And I understand, and we all understand that the NFL is the the not for long league, right? Like everybody wants to have, wants to see success automatically. Everybody wants to see, you know, the Patrick Mahomes type, you know, type story, type guy that just blow out and blow up out of nowhere, or like Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson to a certain extent, right? Just have this, you know, breakout performance and really just take the league over by storm. And instead, you know, we have fans, you know, and even maybe you could probably say some media perpetrating the fact that 
you know, kind of put out in the wind that, yeah, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is really the guy when people are making, we're making these assumptions after only seven career starts. It's kind of preposterous to me to make that and then even go on record to say, and we've seen people, I've seen people on social media, you know, bring up the fact of maybe they should play Joe Flacco. Maybe they should put in Gardner Minshew. Or here's a, here's a better one. Here's a better one. Maybe they should draft the quarterback in the first round. And that's the first thing that kind of mind boggles me because it says to me, so you're going to give up on a guy after his first year starting, but you didn't give up on a guy that was recently traded who had five years and had didn't have the greatest rookie season, but you still stood by him. Meanwhile, Hurts does not get the same benefit of the doubt, and you're somehow wanting to – Decide want to decide to trade, you know, to to, to draft a quarterback because you possibly might have three first round picks, and you think, well, there has to be a first, there has to be a quarterback in the first round this year that's worth drafting the first round, and that's just the common NFL fan not knowing better that in college football this season you cannot really say that there is a bona fide top guy. It's not Sam Howell. It's not Spencer Rattler. Those two guys are not going to come in and change the game immediately. Um, even if you wanted to go, you know, Matt Corral, a lot of people like Matt Corral. He's not going to change the game immediately. Malik Will, Malik Willis, who has been a, tr- a tremendous player at Liberty, he's not going to change the game either. And I think we're seeing that around the NFL in general. Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, those guys got to get the patience, got to get the same patience like Jalen Hurts has. And you have to let these guys grow and develop because success is not going to happen overnight. Um just yeah, like what? How do you guys, you know, feel about the whole hurt situation and you know people not being patient with him, with him, and let him develop, and just seeing what you get before it's like, well, if he doesn't play well at the end of this first season, the Eagles, you know, they got three first round picks, so you can either trade for a quarterback or you can draft one again in the first round. Uh, for me, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Jovan. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league. That, I mean, that's just how it works. But for me, I, I think with Jalen Hurts, just give give him time. I mean, this is essentially his rookie season. Last year, he comes off the bench as a rookie quarterback and, you know, just thrown into the fire after Wentz's bench. So, you know, th- th- they spent a high draft pick on Jalen Hurts, and you're going to want to see what he has and how he can develop throughout the season. I mean, we're only three weeks into the season. There is an extra game this year, so there's a lot of football left. I think for, for Jalen Hurts, listen, I, I don't think he's been particularly bad. I think he's been put in some bad situations, especially yes. in the Cowboys game yes. uh, with, with the play calling of Sirianni. So, you know, only running the ball three times. You're not going to win a National Football League only running the football three times. You're just <laughs> no. not, not going to win. And, you're not going to win at any level of football, and, unless, yeah, and, especially, unless it's the Arena Football League. Where they exactly. Pass all the time. Exactly. But, come on. And essentially, he's he's essentially a rookie quarterback right now still. He only has started seven starts, like you mentioned, in his entire career. Three now this year. And, you know, you got to give him time. And I, I think for, for the Eagles that we knew going into this year that they probably were not going to be that great. And, you know, you just wanted to see what you had in this young quarterback in Hurts. And he has showed flashes throughout the season. I mean, he played well against the Falcons and he kept them in the game against the 49ers so I, I think you got to just be patient with him I mean he could do so many things well he has the intangibles to start in this league the arm strength uh it, it is what it is at, at the moment but he still can make some really good throws from from what I've seen uh and, and he and he's dangerous with dangerous with his legs so I, I think you know overall when, when you're, you're talking about Jalen Hurts 
uh, you know, so far, and you're already going to the Flacco and Minshew thing. I just think that's that's just not right. We know this season is a developmental season. They have a lot of young players, especially in skill positions on the wide, you know, the wide receivers, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, all very young, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, all very young. Uh, so and and the offensive line's banged up too. So I, I think you know it, you got to give him time to develop a little bit. And I think that's what the Eagles are, you know need to do and just be patient. Yeah, most definitely. What about you, Harrison? You are the uh, quarterback in the room. <laughs> you yeah. played the position a little bit here and there. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not going <laughs> to light you up like that. But you have experience playing the position at various levels. What have you seen from your viewpoint? You know of hurts and like nick said you know gotta give them time to develop this is a this is a developmental year and i think a lot of fans forgot about that after week one in the way they beat a falcons team who are who is particularly not that great either now nah, listen the eagles are in a better spot with Jalen than me and you're absolutely right about that week one thing jovan i mean that that game really did set people's expectations very high after a, a 32 point victory you know like that um, I think that Jalen has done some really good things this year. I think that he's made some really good throws. I think he's a sound quarterback that's really smart. You know, I don't think his football IQ gets talked about enough. Yes. Um, and, and even just looking at some of the turnovers, you know, obviously, I mean, I mentioned it um, earlier that that first throw was an underthrow, no doubt about it, on the go route. But that's not a, a bad read by any means. I mean, it was a bad ball. No, it's ball. a timing play. Exactly. It's a bad ball. I mean, if he gets that out there, that could be a touchdown. We could be having a little bit of a different discussion this week. So, and I think that things like that, man, I mean, this is an NFL quarterback we're talking about here. This isn't a high school quarterback or even a college quarterback. I mean, these guys can make the throws. Like, you don't get to the NFL if you can't make a throw like that, you know? So, one or two mistakes like that, some underthrows and things like that, it happens, man. I mean, you could pull up Peyton Manning and Tom Brady's film and find some underthrows on go routes that I'm sure that they would love to have back. Um, it's a matter of cleaning it up. You know, it can't be a consistent thing. Jalen can't have an underthrow on a go route every single week. You know, or, or we'll be having a different conversation in week eight, you know. But I, I think right. that from what I've seen so far, Jalen has more than enough arm talent to be, you know, a solid player in the NFL. Um, Sirianni and, uh, and I think Jalen as well have kind of talked about a little bit in the press conferences this week, keeping him in the pocket just a little bit more, not entirely. Um, I think that Sirianni mentioned that Jalen might have been near the top of the league in a place where he was scrambling last year and Phillip Rivers was near the bottom of the league or, or whatever the stat was. But they were kind of on two opposite ends of the spectrum. So it was about kind of meeting in the middle, you know, kind of implementing some of the, the free will type of plays where Jalen is really great, great, where he's extending the play and making things happen with his legs, um, just buying more time to throw the ball downfield. And also those timing routes, you know, those, those you know, three-step drop, hitch, throw the ball, five-step drop, hitch, throw the ball. Um, that, that could be very beneficial for Jalen, you know, getting the ball out on rhythm, um, just getting completions. And, and I think that that's things we've seen in both of his years. Like, that's not something new that Doug Peterson wasn't doing, you know, like they, they ran plays like that. They ran timing routes and things of that nature. Um, so yeah, Jalen Hurts really isn't my concern right now uh, with this Eagles team. I don't love the defense. I think that the defense has a lot of holes outside of the defensive line. Um, the secondary has some pieces, but I'm still not all the way there. If the secondary is finished, I don't think the linebacker room is finished. No, um, not in the least. About no. And, and I think that, you know, the play calling has been – subpar at best the last two weeks, you know, and I think that that's kind of being nice about it. Week one, obviously, um, you know, and it's easy to say week one, the play calling is great. They scored 32 points. But, <laughs> like, listen, the play calling was much smoother. It felt like there was more of a rhythm in week one. It felt like there was more of an identity to the offense. I mean, we mentioned it. It was kind of like they were playing football how it's supposed to be played in 2021, you know, a little bit of motions, 
just, you know, RPOs, read options, shotgun formation, just things of that nature, trying to, you know, modernize the offense a little bit. But it, it, it just it's felt clunky the last mm-hmm. two weeks. You know, three and outs, turnovers, penalties. I mean, the penalties have been there all year, but the penalties yeah. have been highlighted when you're trailing in games and, and need to get yards downfield and you're losing 10 yards, five yards. I mean, it's a huge hit. So they got a lot to clean up, and it's a tough week, obviously, with Kansas City coming to town. I mean, I think I think we talked about it a little bit beforehand. Kind of a moral victory might be might be a good thing for this week, but uh, Jalen Hurts really isn't my concern. Not not in the least, and they might they they might not get the win, but hopefully they do pick up the moral victory on Sunday at one when the Chiefs come into town to uh, Lincoln uh, Financial Field. This is the Total Sports Live podcast here on Anchor. I'm Jovan Alfred, and joined always by Harrison Brown and Nick Earnshaw to talk about your town, your team, your Philadelphia Eagles. And, fellas, let's fast forward, look forward to Sunday's game um, against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are 1-2 and in last place in the AFC West. Who thought that would be happening through four weeks? Uh, the Chiefs have lost, two, have lost two consecutive games, both in the final minutes, essentially. Um, due to some turnovers, but they're one and two, and they're probably going to be look, coming in mad, looking to send a message and a statement to the league that they're not done yet. Um, looking at how the Eagles played last week, do you have a do you think they have a chance to keep it close against the Chiefs? And you know, if so, what must they do to accomplish you know accomplish this feat for them to just keep it close? I I do not, I don't know off the top of my head what the spread is. But if I had to guess, we're taking, we're thinking probably seven, seven and a half points. The total, don't know that off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure the spread's at least about seven, seven and a half uh, for Sunday's game at Lincoln Financial Field. Well, look, if Nick Sirianni was worried about the Cowboys being a high-scoring offense, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are really a high-scoring offense. There's no right. there's no two ways around it. I think that, like we talked about earlier, you got to just have the football a little bit more. You know what I mean? The Eagles need to control the ball. They need to have the time of possession mm-hmm. be in their favor a little bit because I, I feel like the Chiefs are going to come out scoring. You know, I think it's going to be tough to stop Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and that, and that yep. crew. I mean, it, it's just it's a more explosive offense than the Eagles have seen so far. And the Eagles haven't done great stopping, you know, the passing game. So I think that that's going to be one of the keys to trying to keep this game, you know, at least manageable, at least within reach to where, I mean, at the end of the day, they just want to have opportunities to win this game. You know, they want to be in the right spot in the fourth quarter where it's a 10-point game or a 13-point game where it's not a 35-point deficit, you know, or whatever it was um, in Dallas at 41-14 to at one point. So, you know, you've got to just keep it manageable, keep it to where Jalen can – kind of play his game and not have to do everything for them this week. I mean, that, that was really the problem last week against Dallas. You know, they, they had Jalen Hurts trying to do everything. I mean, he was the offense. They just weren't including the running backs. So include Miles Sanders, include Kenneth Gainwell, and, um, you know, try to control the ball a little bit. I like it. I like it. And, and, and that's going to be the key. Ball control, time of possession is going to be very key for this Eagles team, especially as they go against – the um go against the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're looking at the Chiefs offense in comparison to the rest of the league, the percent the number of percentages of drives ending in the offensive score. Right now the Los Angeles Rams are ranked number one at 58.6% of their offensive drives ending in the score. The Broncos number two and the Kansas City Chiefs right at number three tied with the with the Cleveland Browns at 50% of their offensive drives are ending in a score. That does not bode well for an Eagles team that has not really gotten takeaway from their secondary. 
<laughs> from their secondary, which might make you a little nervous heading to this, heading into heading into um heading into uh this this contest. Um Nick, what about you? What are what do you think that, you know, if they want to keep it close at least, you know, what what do you must what what do you think they have to do? Yeah, th- this is going to be a tough game overall for the Eagles. I mean, Kansas City obviously they're one and two on the year, but they're much better than their record says. Uh, you know, they're coming into the link hungry for for a win. They're in last place right now in the AFC West, and you know, you mentioned it, they're going to have to force turnovers. And you know that, that their first turnover was last week uh, was the Fletcher Cox fumble interception touchdown. I guess whatever you want to call it, that play was, but. Yeah, they haven't forced many uh, turnovers this year so far. Uh, you got to keep the ball out of Patty Mahomes' hands. I mean, that's that's really critical mm-hmm. for the Eagles if they want to be in this game. I, I think you know, offensively for the Birds, I, I think you know Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni they got to figure out something to spread the ball around. Get your running backs involved. You know, do some little screens out of the backfield to your backs. You know, you know, come up with some you know schemes that 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 you can get your ball get the ball out quickly. Um, you know, get get Jalen Hurts you know, in the shotgun and ready to go because, you know, I want to see them use their tight ends as well. So I I think spreading the ball around as much as possible because this is a defense that has had some trouble this year. Uh, But, you know, I I think this is going to be a tough game for the Eagles all around. Uh, Defensively, I need to see more adjustments, uh, you know, because they gave up a lot of yards on the ground as well last week. So you don't want to get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going either. Uh, He's had a tough go to start the year as well. But, yeah, I, I, this week it's going to be tough. If the Eagles can maybe hold, you know, Mahomes off the field a little bit, less than 30 points they score, maybe they have a shot. But uh, I, I still think this is going to be a rough game. If you can get some moral victories out of this week, maybe not turn the football over, run the ball more effectively than you did uh, in the previous weeks, I, I think there could be some some key takeaways from, from this week, even if you, you don't come out with the victory. Hey, you got to anything. If, if you can, if you can have any improvement from last week's debacle, I think it would be a win, right, fellas? And you look at the line right now for Sunday's game on FanDuel on FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, the Eagles are seven point underdogs right now with the over under at fifty four um, and a half, fellas. Anytime touchdown score right now, Tyree Hill at minus one eighty. Um, Midas 185 um, right now on um, FanDuel. So we have that going right now. And then on DraftKings for quarterback props, we have Jalen Hurts over one and a half touchdown passes at plus 110. And um, Patrick Mahomes over two and a half, over two and a half passing touchdowns at uh at minus uh 110 anything before we move on fancy anything about those numbers jump out to you fellas um yeah. on the on, on the betting wire of things i think i'd take the chiefs on that yeah. minus seven yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think i roll with the chiefs <laughs> i could see it being a 14 to 17 or maybe even 21 or worse you know lost the <laughs> Eagles. um I, I like Jalen there i like Jalen to get uh two touchdowns i think that'll hit um because they're they're gonna have to throw the ball you know, in the second half especially, and Sirianni only ran the ball three times last week. We figure he's going to come out running the ball more with Miles Sanders and company this week, but even still, I mean, when you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs and you're likely going to be trailing, I can definitely see Jalen getting two or three touchdowns for sure. Yeah, Miles Sanders, yeah. his his player prop right now on FanDuel is at over 16.5 rushing yards at even money, minus 110 on DraftKings. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think for for me, it's got to be. It, you know, I, I think I'm going to take the those points for for uh, Kansas City. Um, you know, I think this could be a high scoring game, though. I mm-hmm. think uh, Kansas City is probably going to put up some points. I think the Eagles will put up some points as well. Um, but I just don't think the Eagles really ha- have a chance this week. I get they're at the link, um, you know, coming home. But uh, you know, Kansas City just has so much firepower on that offense. Um, I don't know if the Eagles will be able to keep up, you know, with, you know, a rookie head coach and a young, uh, you know, young quarterback as well. So I, I think the Chiefs will probably take this one this week. Um, I like that anytime touchdown for Tyreek Hill. I, I think he bounces back as well. Yeah, minus eight, one eight, eight, minus one eighty five on uh, on FanDuel. It seems like they already know that this could be a. Uh, yeah, this could be a scary uh, situation <laughs> for the Eagles secondary with all that juice right there on that um on that uh, top touchdown prop. And it's the first weekend in October. It will be on Sunday, so could get a little spooky for the Eagles down at Lincoln Financial Field on uh on Sunday. But before we wrap up this podcast, once again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in once again um to this podcast, breaking as we break down the Eagles. Last loss and looking forward to week four. Week four, we got to talk some fantasy football, fellas. As you know, we've been giving out some little fantasy football tips and 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 and, and you know advice for people. You know, the first week we uh gave out some guys. I'm trying to think. We uh we said who did we say? I know we said Teddy Bridgewater, KJ Hamler, Quez Watkins. We gave out some guys for some people. Some of these players have propelled some propelled themselves into higher ranks in the in the fantasy world while others um not so much have gotten injured and really tanked their fantasy value but that's you know it's more about the player's injury not about fantasy um but we got some more waiver wire ads for people to look out for in fantasy or even guys that you know these guys that might might honestly be applicable to you in dfs as well um starting with you nick you know who are some guys on the waiver wire that you're that people that that you're looking out for but also that people should be checking out uh for um in fantasy this week yeah so i i have two two players that uh, i think are notable uh pickups on the waiver wire this week first being uh running back from carolina rookie running back chuba hubbard uh yeah i, I think he's definitely you know he's he's going into that role as christian mccaffrey's going to miss a couple of weeks you definitely want to get him in, in in your fantasy leagues if you're able to you know in in the first game he was in uh with Houston you know got got a lot of carries uh 11 car- 11 attempts for 52 yards nothing crazy but I, I that'll obviously uh, his volume will increase with McCaffrey being out he had 10.9 points in that game as well cuz he had three receptions uh on five targets for 27 yards so he's definitely a player that you want to look out for uh going forward they play Dallas and then they play the Eagles after that so you know, oh, however boy. long, <laughs> however, uh, you know, long McCaffrey's out, uh, you definitely want to utilize him, especially if you're thin at the running back position. And then I have another waiver wire pickup. Uh, it's a wide receiver from the Las Vegas Raiders, Hunter Renfro. Ooh. He's had a pretty, he's had a pretty good, uh, he's had a pretty good year so far. You know, week one against Baltimore, he had six receptions on nine targets, 70 yards uh, against Pittsburgh, five receptions on seven targets, 57 yards. And last week against Miami, he had five receptions on six targets for 77 yards and a touchdown. Derek Carr really uh, utilizes Renfro uh, as basically his security blanket other than Darren Waller. So he's a go to player for Derek Carr. Uh, they will play the Chargers this week and, and then Chicago after that. So, you know, he's a player definitely to watch out for. He's a player that Derek Carr likes to utilize. So if you if he's still on your waiver wire, he's definitely an option as like maybe like a flex player. Oh, I like I like that choice of second and Renfro right there. Uh, 
Renfro is rostered in only 12% of Yahoo leagues and 27% of ESPN leagues. So there you go. If you're looking for that flex appeal, as I say on ESPN, you can have it right there. And uh, Hunter Renfro, and if you're talking about um, the DFS, um, if you're talking about DFS, uh, Renfro, let's pull up, uh, let's pull up these guys' DFS numbers real quick. Um, if you're looking for a Renfro on DFS, he's only going to be worth, well, I forgot the game's on Monday night. So let's look at Monday night real quick. Uh, Renfro is only going to be available. Let's see. Renfro, Renfro, Monday, Monday, Monday. Renfro will be... This is what we're doing. See how we record in live. This is what happens live. Renfro is um, valued on DFS right now at $4,600, $4,600 right now, averaging 14.1 fantasy points, fantasy, 14.1 fantasy points per game. And then we're looking at a guy like Chuba Hubbard, who Nick mentioned. Uh, his uh, <laughs> his rostered number has gone through the roof since CMC <laughs> went down. We're looking at 82% on Yahoo and 73%. <sighs> On uh, ESPN, and then if we're talking DFS, um, let's see, DFS Hubbard is now at five thousand nine hundred. Um, the week before, Not check terrible. this out. Week week three, he was forty eight hundred, and now he's going up a thousand dollars more. Renfro will be the steal of the week. Ooh, I like that. I like that. All right, all right, all right, all right, Nick. Nick, Nick he'll be the steal of the week. Nick, he right might now. You making me lock it in from in a lineup. I'm, 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 I had to do it in DFS. I will. I will. I definitely will this week. I like it. I like it. What about you, Harrison? Yeah, I uh, I like Nick's picks as well. You know, I'm a part of that Hubbard 73% on ESPN. He's in my flex <laughs> in my 12 team league. He's going to be there for probably the next two or three weeks while Tyson Williams and uh, Sony Michelle figure themselves out. But um, for, for my waiver wire pickup, I put my money where my mouth is this week. I picked them up in our TSL league. Uh, okay. we're, we're a two-starting tight end league, so there's just a, an extra emphasis on it. So I'm going with Will Disley uh, from Seattle. Um, big reason for that is that Gerald Everett tested positive for COVID. And with that, it's going to leave Disley at the number one tight end. In the past, when he's been their number one tight end, Russell Wilson ha- has favored him and thrown him the ball. Um, you know, a year or two ago, he, he's had some big performances in fantasy. He's also been a guy who's dealt with a lot of injuries. So I like Disney this week. He had three receptions for 37 yards in week one. Past few weeks, hasn't been doing much. Did have a 39-yard catch last week. Um, rostered in less than 1% of your leagues in ESPN. So if you're looking for a tight end, um, if you're in a, a two-starting tight end team like us, um, you know, I, I think Disney could be an interesting pickup with Russell Wilson this week. 49ers defense is a tough one to go play. But I still like Disney. Hey, that's a nice one. That's 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 real sleeper value right there. A guy that's not even rostered in one percent of fantasy leagues, and if you look at DFS, Disley is on his salary is only twenty six hundred. I mean, that's really cheap. And if he booms against a uh, San Fran defense that is ranked twenty first against tight ends this season, this season so far, that might be a sneaky play because we know. That the, that the Niners will probably try to take away DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, Freddie Swain, and those guys on the outside. There could be a there could be we're not saying, but there's a possibility Disley could be involved in that offense on uh, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. So I like that play. Love those plays, fellas. And last but not least for me, I'm gonna go Dawson Knox. 
Um, this is a guy who, you know, last two weeks he scored a touchdown, a touchdown reception. He's played 83.1 and 78, 78.5% of offensive snaps. Uh, for me this year, looking at just not only for DFS for betting, I'm always looking at guys and how their snap percentage is because that tells me how much how much they're on the field and how much they're involved on offense. And Knox has been an integral part of that offense that has a very has a very good wide receiver unit with Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. Um, Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Day, uh, Gabriel Davis, then running back Singletary and uh, Zach Moss. There's a whole bunch of options, but he's their top tight end. Um, according to Pro Football Reference, he scored 7.7 fantasy points and 10.9 fantasy points in the last two weeks. And they're going. And he's going against the Texans team, who's allowed the fourth most yards to tight ends. With I mean, the sixth most yards to tight ends this season, 230 total, and the fourth most points to tight ends in fantasy at 11.9. So you're looking for another sleeper guy at tight end. I'm going to get on the tight end bandwagon for this one. Dawson Knox is another good one. DFS, he's rated at 3,600 for salary, and the Texans are ranked 28th in uh, 28th against um, tight ends this season. So those are our picks for the waiver wire. Dawson Knox, Chuba Hubbard, Hunter Renfro, and Will Disley. You heard it here first only on the um, Total Sports Live podcast. And that's going to wrap up this edition of the pod. We really appreciate everybody tuning in and checking it out. Um, it was good to get back in the saddle after we did not bring y'all episode last week. Great to jump back into the saddle, talk about some Eagles. Don't worry. We're going to have some Sixers pods very soon. We're going to have some Phillies pods soon because I know we got a lot to say and get off our chest about this uh, Philadelphia Phillies team who, once again, in Phillies fashion, they disappoint us all too often. It's just, just a... It's a tradition unlike any other in sports. The Philadelphia Phillies and disaster in September. It's just it's just perfect. It's just perfect. And we'll talk about the ongoing Ben Simmons saga, too, whenever that is finally, you know, all put together and at a at at, at, at its finale. So we're going to talk about that all more. Make sure you follow, you know, all of us, you know, on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Jovan10. Follow Total Sports Live at Total Sports Live. Follow Nick on Twitter at N-E-A-R-N underscore nine. Follow Harrison on Twitter at Harry Brown Russo. Fellas, any last things that you have that you uh, want to plug before we uh, wrap up the show uh, for this week? Uh, tune in. We're on radio, WGSL. Our guy Nick Earnshaw, you know, offsides, early bird special. You can't miss him. He's on there all the time. Maybe yes, call some is. Rowan football games, uh, doing some interviews with their players. So definitely check that out, man. Producer extraordinaire. Right. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. You got to check out Harrison's article on TSL, though, the new Blue Coats article. Such heat. Just hey, such man. heat. It's almost, it's almost that time. <laughs> yeah, it we're is. About, we're about a month away, you know. But um, I, yeah, it's gonna be fun. But uh, yeah, Harrison got to set it for me. Uh, early bird special Monday seven and nine. Your or your morning commute. Uh, you know, all sides as well. I'll be on. Uh, I'm doing Friday this week too. So uh, you know, just check check out uh, whenever you get a chance, and, and uh, check out all the content on TSL as well. We have we have some great stuff on the way. And don't forget to check out the Planet Philly podcast too. Yes, Can't coming out soon. That. New episode coming too. Yes, and <laughs> cannot wait for that. Got to make sure you if you if you can check out this podcast on all your platforms, you can check out that podcast too on all your various platforms. So for me, Nick Harrison, 
Everyone have a good one, and we will talk to you guys very soon. Have a great rest of your week, a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see what happens with the Eagles. Maybe they'll win, maybe they'll lose, and maybe Ben Simmons will be traded. Who knows? But you'll find out here only on the Total Sports Live podcast.